unified prayer delights the Father's heart. It's the children getting along. Jesus prayed that we would be one as he and the Father are one. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Eliff and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast, and we are so excited you're joining with us today. I'm Bill Eliff, and this is Kyle Reno as we co-host this podcast. And uh, Kyle, it's been great so far. We're hearing reports of people who are picking up on this podcast and sharing it with others. And uh, that's our desire. Just get the message out. That's right. Yeah, connections are happening and people are getting excited to see what God's doing all over our nation and among the nations. And so Mm -hmm. you can see the fire starting to spread. Yeah, that's so awesome. And we want to be just a part of that, a small part, whatever (laughs) measure the Lord wants to help accelerate the movement of, of of God just across our nation yeah. and revival and spiritual awakening. Uh, today's an exciting podcast because we're going to talk about movements and mm. rhythms of prayer right. and as we cry out to the Lord. And as I was thinking about this, uh, I thought about my eight kids and I thought about <laughs> who are all grown now. Yeah, right. And of course, we just had our 23rd grandchild. Yes, you heard that correctly. And, yeah, yeah, 23, <laughs> yeah. The numbers 23. Uh, in fact, we will, by September, have had five uh, grandkids that were born during COVID. This is a, <laughs> there's a correlation. Here's your sign. Come on. But I was thinking about you. You've got five that are how old are yeah. they? Eight years old is the oldest and eight months old is the youngest. That's just, that's just nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. So is there ever any, oh, talking about <laughs> crying out, is there ever any crying going on yeah, at your house? Yeah, at all times, in every season, yeah. in every moment. Right? Yeah. So probably right now. This very moment, Katie's <laughs> hearing a cry. Yeah. Yeah. What happens, I don't want to say just in your heart, but in, what happens? <laughs> this is this uh, confession time? Yeah, the, right. What happens in Katie's heart right. when she hears a cry? Yeah. yeah she she hears it, first of all. Yeah. yeah. I feel like God's given the, the wife and mom specifically, yeah. and Lord willing, the dad, yeah. the ability to know your child's cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and if it's in the middle of the night or whenever mm-hmm. it is, if it's in a room full of other children mm-hmm. that you know the cry, and to instantly move toward, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just it's put God hardwired it into yeah. His kids because it honestly it shows us something about Him, right? And and that cry always indicates a need, yeah, doesn't it? I mean, something needs to happen. They're hungry. They're, they need <laughs> to be a diaper changed or something. Right. Or little brother just poked me in the eye or something like that, which <laughs> yeah. happens to your yeah, house. Yeah, with four boys quite yeah, often. Yeah. So uh, today we're going to talk about the cry that God hears, mm. you know, uh, and and the the rhythm and the movements that precede and uh, accelerate revival and spiritual awakening of of, of spiritual cries of His children. Right. And, uh, and we have a special guest, Kathy Brenzel, who's the president of the National Day of Prayer Task Force that's going to be uh, with us in just a few minutes. You'll want to hear her testimony right. about that, that movement and that rhythm of prayer. But I, I want to start us out, Kyle, just in Psalm 130. If you have a Bible, uh, it'd be great to turn to it. And uh, you may be just listening, going down the road. Uh, but Psalm 130 is a cry. Hmm. 
And the psalmist came because he was in need. And, uh, you know, we're in tremendous need. I read recently that, that we are losing to the church 85% of all of our students that graduate from our churches uh, they're they're soon lost. Only fifteen percent are remaining in the church. Mm-hmm. This is staggering, and eighty five percent of our churches in America are either plateaued or dying. Uh, we need revival. We we need a movement of God across our nation. And so Psalm one thirty, the psalmist comes, and he's crying out for his nation, and he starts it like this in verse one: Out of the depths. I have cried to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. In other words, I'm in the depths. I've got a tremendous need. I don't know where to go, where to turn. And so he turns to the one place that he's going to get an answer and he can get help, and that's to the Lord. And he asks the Lord to hear his voice. Uh, Wouldn't it be tragic if you gave yourself to prayer and and God didn't hear your voice. You know, there's it's interesting. There's sometimes uh, when God doesn't hear us. He doesn't hear us when we don't pray. <laughs> in other words, in one passage in, in uh, the Scripture, uh, God says, you have not because you ask not. You're just not asking. He doesn't hear us when our hearts are full of sin and iniquity. Right? The Lord will not hear us, the Bible says. So there's sometimes that there are things aborting the cry. So for just a minute out of Psalm 30, I want you to see the kind of prayer that God hears. And first of all, just notice he hears a humble cry. He comes here in this passage and he says, If you, Lord, should mark iniquities, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you in Mm. verse uh, 3 and 4, he says, so that you may be feared. So a proud man doesn't cry out, or when he cries out, it's to be seen by men, it's so other people hear him. But but the foundational requirement for prayer is humility. That's recognizing my need, admitting my sin. So if if you want to be heard by God, come in humility. Don't come in pride. And the second thing about this prayer, it was an expectant cry. I love what it says here in verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait, and in his word do I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning. What an incredible statement. Lord, not only am I crying out, I've got no place to go, and I'm just waiting on you. It's It's like the psalmist is saying, I'm leaning in. I'm just, Lord, I'm crying out, and then I'm leaning in, and waiting with expectation because I believe that you're going to speak. You know, when we think about revival and spiritual awakening, there's a role that faith plays in this. In fact, faith is the operating system God has with man. God says, I want you to trust me. Now, here's my promise, and I want you to believe me. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if you come to God... You must believe two things, that he is, that he is the rewarder, that he is the answer, that he's wisdom, that he's life. And secondly, 
that he's the rewarder of those who seek him. In other words, he's going to do what he promises to do. Mm. So when we come to pray, we come with humility. So we're looking at the Lord. We come with expectancy. Lord, I'm waiting for you. <laughs> I'm, I'm not looking any, anywhere else. I'm not, I'm not taking any other train. I'm not getting on another plane. Lord, I'm, I am coming to you to wait on you. And then there is an unrelenting cry. Look what it says in verse 6. It says, My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning. Now, we don't understand this much, but if you've been in the military, uh, you understand it because you kept watch. Maybe you had a military post somewhere, and uh, you had the night watch. That's the longest watch. That's the hardest one. Hard to stay awake, hard to stay alert. And you are just waiting for the sun to come up. The The closest I can come to that is I remember when I was uh, younger and I, we'd take long trips and I would drive through the night with our children because they go to sleep. And uh, boy, about two or three o'clock in the morning, I am slapping myself. I'm <laughs> rolling down the window to get a little air. And I'm just waiting for the sun to come up. And, and when the sun came up, I knew I was going to be okay. So... But I, I kept on, you know, you just keep on driving through the night. So the psalmist said, Lord, I'm waiting for you like that. I'm expecting, I'm hungry, but I'm not going to go to sleep. I'm not going to look anyplace else. I'm not going to go anyplace else. Here's this unrelenting cry. Lord, you have got to save us. You've got to deliver our nation. There's, there's nowhere else that we can look. And what else I want you to see here is there is a united cry. So he comes down in uh, verse 7 and 8, and he says this, O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is loving kindness, and with him is abundant redemption. He will redeem Israel from all our iniquities. So he reminds them of the nature and the character of God. Hey, God loves us, and he's kind towards us, and there's redemption with him, but he calls the whole nation to cry out to the Lord. And you know, there's something, we've mentioned this before, there's something just uniquely irresistible to God about a united cry. When all of my children cry out for something, uh, it's just overwhelming, right? And God loves us. And if you notice in the scripture, the, the, the moment when God always moved in reviving and redeeming a nation was when the Bible records it like this, and all the people cried out. They all cried out. And Kyle, this is happening. Right. I mean, right now across the nation, there is uh, a pretty extraordinary movement of united prayer that's mm. happening in cities and in groups of churches. Mm. And, and we're seeing, I know we've, we've talked to several friends recently that, right. that, that their, their churches are uniting in prayer and coming together for mm. nights of prayer that are way different than the mm. kind of the boring prayer meeting we've <laughs> been in the, in the past. Right. And uh, today we have the privilege of hearing from Kathy Brenzel, and uh, who's the president of the National Day of Prayer Task Force, about this movement of prayer that's been happening for many years, but he's, even now is gaining even more 
uh, momentum. Right. And we believe is is part of the movement of God. Mm-hmm. So let's listen to uh, this interview with Kathy. We're so thrilled to have one of our favorite friends with us today, uh, Kathy Branzell, who's the president of the National Day of Prayer Task Force and and uh, has such a deep passion for prayer and also for revival and spiritual awakening in our nation. And Kathy, thanks for joining us again today. Oh, thanks for the invitation. Love being with you. We, we're talking today about united prayer and about the uniqueness. Personal prayer, of course, is critical, and uh, we could talk about that all day, but but tell us about uh, your role that the Lord has put you in these last two years plus as the president of the National Day of Prayer Task Force, and uh, how you see that role, and what 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 is that? What are you trying to do? Wow. Well, it's it's an incredible privilege, um, let me tell you, for God to have uh, established me in this position. I'm so grateful. Uh, but as the president of the National Day of Prayer Task Force, I step into um, you know the footsteps of many great presidents, Miss Vonette Bright, Miss Shirley Dobson, Anne Graham Lotz uh, for a year as interim, and Dr. Ronnie Floyd. And uh, oftentimes when I'm being interviewed, people say, wow, those are some big shoes. And I like, yes, a closet full (laughs) and so grateful uh, for them because uh, they mentored me in so many ways. But really, this position exists to get to mobilize unified public prayer for America. That's that corporate piece, the public prayer. There are incredible ministries out there that um, help and teach people how to pray. Personally, I love to speak at conferences on that, but the power of corporate prayer, and I know you and I will talk about that, um, is is, uh, an incredible privilege to get to mobilize and teach. Right. And I know... uh, this is the only day of the year that has been designated by law as a day of prayer. Can you give us a bit of that history and how that came about? Yeah, it's really quite amazing. A lot of people don't know that the National Day of Prayer is an actual law. This was our 70th observance here in 2021 as uh, it was signed into law, passed by Congress and signed into law Uh, back in 1952 with President Truman. And so on this day, uh, it was amended in 1988 by President Reagan to give us a very specific day so we could plan and organize uh, more gatherings. Uh, We had time to prepare and to mobilize. And so on the first Thursday of every May, by law, the president will proclaim a day of prayer for the nation to pray for the nation. And so how exciting that we as the National Day of Prayer Task Force who have been um, a part of this from the in the beginning. Now we understand fully that our, our nation was founded in prayer, by prayer. Prayer uh, you know, has, has happened since the, the very, very, very first days um, you know, on this soil, but uh, we are grateful that we get to help speak into and steward this incredible law and this incredible day. This has grown through the years uh, and thankfully and, uh, and it takes a team of people all across the nation. I, I don't yes. think people understand the scope of the National Day of Prayer uh, as, a, as an organization, as a ministry. 
Mm -hmm. uh, can you can you tell us a little bit about that? And then and then on the actual day of prayer this year, uh, just how many events and how many people do you think we were uh, seeing that were crying out together in mm -hmm. prayer for our nation? Yeah, we're still getting great stories about that. Well, we have a staff, um, a small staff scattered all over the United States. We do have an office in Colorado Springs, but many of us work from all over and fly um, here, there, and everywhere to serve throughout the year. We also have uh, national er eight national area leaders who are over our 50-plus state coordinators. Uh, some states share uh, have co-coordinators. There's lots of work to do. And then we have 19,000, over 19,000 coordinators that we resource, that we train, communicate with, they're vetted, and they go through an application process and, and then just work with us throughout the year for, um, for training. And we are so grateful, uh, you know, because on any given year, uh, now that now that things were opening back up, we know we had over 50,000 events virtually and in person, coast to coast. A lot of people think about the Washington, D.C. event. We were very grateful to be back in D.C. this year to have our national observance that happens every year. Um, and and uh, also this year, as well as last year, a national broadcast. And we know that the reach of that was hundreds of millions of people. And we're still getting glory stories uh, from all over the place. We're seeing, you know, things on various social media. And uh, we, are, we are just grateful for this time of corporate prayer uniting together to cry out for our nation. You know, Dave Butts, uh, who's one of our dear friends and the head of the National Prayer Committee and, uh, and serves with our One Cry team, uh, Dave has said to me on several occasions that, that they believe that there are more people praying right now, just sheer numbers, than any time in American history. And, uh, and, and Dave said, uh, he said, Jonathan Edwards believed that when that level of prayer is happening, that is revival. The church is, mm -hmm. God is beginning to revive. Now, we're, we're not seeing the spiritual awakening among the lost, although we're seeing some mercy drops of that happening. Right. Uh, talk to us for just a minute about what, what the connection is between, uh, we've, we've had four, as some people would say, five uh, nationwide spiritual awakenings, the first great awakening, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what's the role of prayer? How, how does that tie together? I mean, can, could, I know God could do anything, he could just uh, explode on the scene with a spiritual awakening without anybody praying, but that's not that doesn't seem to be the way he operates, does it? Um, no, and uh, you know I think it for prayer prayer pe prepares our hearts. It gets our attention. It gets our focus mm -hmm. on him and what he's doing, and beyond that unified prayer delights the father's heart it's the children getting along jesus prayed that we would be one as he and the father are one and there's this power in the agreement of being focused on the father mm -hmm. that prepares our heart for revival there's something just mm -hmm. irresistible to god isn't it about all of his children crying out together and and we all know that humility is such a doorway 
to the presence of God and the power of God. And prayer is just a real expression of that kind of humility, isn't it? It really is. And, you know, we express our dependency on him. We express our love to him. We express um, your kingdom come, your will be done. There's a submission that happens in prayer. Um, and it's also hard to stay mad at somebody that you're praying for. Mm, and there's an obedience to prayer. Yeah. Kathy, one, one final quick question. And that is, I know your passion is not just for the uh, prayer events on uh, the first Thursday of every May, but, but uh, what's your burden for the other 364 days of the year? Oh, that, that we would just live this prayer care share, you know, lifestyle, that prayer would be who we are, that we would live out the love of Jesus, that uh, talking to people about Jesus and his love and the gospel message uh, would just be an overflow of our heart. Mm -hmm. And it's really our prayer that the National Day of Prayer, the first Thursday in May, is just a celebration and culmination of 364 other days of fervent, passionate prayer with one another and for one another, that you would see it and hear it every day, but there would be this great uniting and this great power in mobilized agreeing prayers on the first Thursday of May. Amen. Well, thank you so much. It's just always a delight to talk to you and, and encourages our heart. We're so thrilled that you are where you are doing what you're doing. And, uh, and we're all joining together in one cry Yes. that God will send just a rising tide of spiritual awakening across our nation. Mm -hmm. Thanks again, Kathy, for being with us today. No, thank you so much. It's awesome to think, you know, you talked about earlier in the podcast mm -hmm. about the, the parent responding to the cry of their child. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine on a moment like the National Day of Prayer mm -hmm. when so many people are engaging God at, on the same day and mm -hmm. are, are lifting up one cry, you have to imagine that us, our small step toward Him mm -hmm. is met with a powerful step on God's, on God's end towards us. Yeah. And what if that wasn't one day? Right. What if what we see, that snapshot she just gave us on the National Day of Prayer, what if that was every day? Mm -hmm. what, what if God's people so leaned in together and we said, listen, I don't want to pray once a year for a movement of God. We need to pray every day. You know, Jonathan Edwards uh, from the First Great Awakening said something fascinating. He said, when God's people began to pray like that, yeah. that is revival. Mm. The church has been revived. Wow. I mean, you, you just you just think of, of your church, uh, you know, any church that you know of that's not praying. Mm. And then suddenly hundreds of people began to pray mm. every day. They began to gather in, in prayer gatherings on a regular basis. Well, that is the reviving of the church. Yeah. We're coming to life again and doing what we, I mean, what was the Acts Church? It was a church that prayed. And because of that, the gospel just exploded yeah. and there was spiritual awakening. Yeah. And like every podcast, we don't want to just talk about it. Mm -hmm. We want to actually pray with you. So I want to encourage you uh, where you are. If you're driving down the road, don't close your eyes. But we want to encourage you to pray with us now mm -hmm. to ask for uh, celebrate what God did in National Day of Prayer here in that report. But think about what Bill just shared about moving toward the Lord, like to stand your post as a watchman waiting for the Lord in your city and your church. And mm -hmm. so I'm going to start us off here and then Bill will close us in a second, but join us as we pray. Right. Father, we 
uh, come and mm-hmm. we ask for that Psalm 130 spirit mm-hmm. or that we would genuinely wait, mm-hmm. that we would want you to move. We would right. look for the activity of God all around us, that we would ask mm-hmm. for it, that we'd ask for it in our family, in our church, in the cities that every listener is at today, or that we would want to see, uh, Lord, your movement among us, knowing that's what we need, mm-hmm. that we would embrace our desperation today, Lord. So, God, I, I thank you for moments like the mm-hmm. National Day of Prayer, but, God, we ask for a movement yes. of prayer, a movement of prayer that fills our calendars, mm-hmm. God, that fills each season until you come. Mm-hmm. And, Lord, I I know in my own life personally, you I can point to so many moments where you have answered my prayer and collective prayers of groups I've been with and sent just a movement of your spirit. Mm-hmm. And Lord, every time you do that, my faith grows. And and it's like you're saying to me, Bill, I can do this uh, on a broader scale than you ever imagined. So Father, I pray for those kind of answers, those kind of mercy drops. I, I pray, Father, as those here on this podcast and churches around the country and pastors. I just pray, Father, you would hear our cry, Lord. We wait for you like the watchman waits for the morning, Lord. We're just so anxious and expectant. And Lord, we want to tell you that we believe you. We we believe that you could send across our nation and across our world a mighty moving of your spirit that would revive the church, bring her to life again, and that would bring a massive awakening among lost people and bring literally millions uh, to your kingdom in a great harvest. Uh, and Lord, who knows that this last end gathering may be the moment when you finish your work on this earth and then the end would come. Yeah. So Lord, we just we just pray and we join our prayers to millions of prayers around the world, Lord, and in India and Iran and in China and in South America. Lord, I know so many uh, friends of mine in Brazil who are praying for the movement of God and other places. Lord, we just join our prayers in that great ascension of prayer to heaven and ask, Father, that you would hear our cry and you would move in your world and accomplish your purposes. So we pray that, Father, for your sake and in your name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Well, amen, Kyle. And, uh, you know, I want to, coming out of this, I I just want to challenge all of our listeners uh, we've talked about prayer and movements of prayer today and rhythms of prayer. What's going to change in your life? In other words, what adjustment are you going to make in your life? Uh, do you need to start a prayer group? Do you need to go to your pastor? As a pastor, do you need to say, you know what, sink or swim, live or die, we're going to learn how to pray? Right. And uh, so I, I just want to challenge you to ask God. He knows, he knows the answer to that question. Uh, what the next step for you is to move to greater prayer mm-hmm. and, a, and a better rhythm of prayer in your life. Well, we're so glad you joined us on the podcast today and want to encourage you if you're watching on YouTube to like uh, that, hit that little like button or make some comments. Subscribe would be great. And we really want to encourage you to share 
this broadcast uh, with others. Uh, just take the link from whatever uh, iTunes or Spotify, whatever you're watching or listening to, and just send it out to some people that right. you know would benefit from this. And also, we want to encourage you to go to OneCry.com. You'd just be shocked at how many resources are there. And right at the beginning is a way for you to start a personal revival, seven-day revival journey. And uh, it will really help you a lot. So, again, thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to seeing you next time. 